Yo, what is going on, everybody? This is Eric, the ranting co-host of Clutch Crew Sports. We're coming back at you with another episode today. Uh, in today's episode, we will be breaking down the upcoming playoff series uh, for the NBA playoffs. We're down to the conference championships now. So we're going to be talking Warriors Mavericks. We're going to be talking Celtics Heat. And we're also going to talk about the 76ers and what their future might look like. So uh, we've got a lot to break down in this episode. And so let me introduce you to the rest of the crew. What's up, everyone? Zach here. Excited for the conference finals. This is when stuff gets real in the NBA, um, down to four teams. And also excited for our annual disappointing 76ers conversation. (laughs) (laughs) And what's up, guys? It's Connor, the co-host with the most. And, you know, I'm I'm excited for the 76ers thing. Unfortunately, it's not going to include Bum Simmons this year. Um, But, you know, I'm also a bit disappointed. My client is not in the playoffs anymore. So I collected my last check from him today, at least for the season. So, you know, I don't have as much money rolling in from him anymore. So that's unfortunate. Yeah. It would have been nice if you could have got a little more of that, uh, passive income there. And just real quick, like going through all the slides here, like, so looking at Connors, you got Carolina hurricanes here. Just going to do a quick hockey thing. So his team, Beat Nothing the wrong with that. And advanced to the second round. And going to Zach's here, looking at his Tampa Bay Lightning. They've also advanced to the second round. Uh, both of those were seven-game series, which were pretty exciting. And I have finally chosen my hockey team, uh, who will be my team going forward. I have a favorite team now. And looking on my slide there, that's going to be the Dallas Stars. So uh, I decided since I live in Texas now, I should have a – you know, Texas team, uh, but since I already had favorite football and uh, basketball teams and stuff, it would need, and I don't really watch baseball, it would need to be something else. So I'm going with the Dallas Stars, even though they uh, lost game seven to the Calgary Flames and are out of the playoffs. Disappointing. I watched that game, but, uh, but nevertheless, thanks to Connor and Zach, I've gotten into hockey now. So thank you guys for that. <laughs> well, the Dallas Stars better be buying their goalie some good gifts because, yeah, good man, Lord. I, that he put on an inspiring performance. It just was too bad the offense couldn't do anything. But anyway, this is a basketball episode. So we will, like I said, we're talking the conference finals here. So we're going to go around the hoop and uh, get started with this. So uh, first, we're going to start with the uh, Golden State Warriors and the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, this side, the western side of the bracket was definitely uh, not chalk by the end of it because we've got the number three seed and the number four seed uh going at it here i don't even though the warriors weren't a top two seed i don't necessarily think anybody's too surprised that they're here but uh the mavericks as the number four seed definitely a bit shocking in a way just because you know luca was out their first couple games against the jazz and it was known that he was going to be out so i know we all had the jazz winning that series but the Mavericks won some without him, and then when he got back, they were able to you know pull away and take that series. And then they even got down against the Suns as well, but uh, they came back and won the last two games. And honestly, Game 7 was probably one of the most disappointing Game 7s of all time in a way, just because, you know, when teams have gone at it and want, you know, played six games and split it three to three, you really expect that Game 7 to just be a war, but... Uh, Dallas destroyed them, so I 
don't know. Uh, I know we talked about in the last one of the last episodes about that Dallas could have a chance, but um, they were insane in that game seven. So I'm looking uh, a bit smarter about my Devin Booker comments that I made. Yeah, because of that. <laughs> yeah, he he disappeared in that game. That's kind of like what I talked about with him, too, is just it's inconsistent you know, with him sometimes having like these 40 point games and going off, but then he has games like in game seven, where it's just like, where'd he go? You know, like, like no, I mean, to be fair, nobody on that Suns team showed up, but still, you know, when, when you're the best player, you've got to take that responsibility. But so the Suns are out. We've got the Warriors and Mavericks here. Um, let's start on the bottom left here. We've got the battle of the guards. I think the backcourt's going to be, uh, Real key part of this series here, like looking at the Mavericks, you got Luca, obviously, uh, Jalen Brunson, who Connor talked about uh, recently, and then uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. And I didn't get a picture with all three of them together, but we'll have Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Jordan Poole. So I want to start with Connor here. So Connor, obviously, both of these backcourts are pretty good, but uh, who are you gonna? Who are you giving the edge to here for the backcourt? I mean, I would definitely have to give it to the Warriors here. I mean, you know, if I'm just kind of comparing them together, like, you know, okay, you take the best against the best, Steph Curry versus Luka Doncic. I still think Steph Curry is the better player. Then you take second best, like, you know, Clay Thompson versus, I'll just say Spencer Dinwiddie because I'll pair the young players together. So if you take Clay Thompson versus Spencer Dinwiddie, Clay Thompson's better. And then, like, honestly, Jalen Brunson and Jordan Poole are kind of a push. So definitely giving the edge to the Warriors. They also have the playoff experience. I mean, this isn't Steph Curry and Clay Thompson's first rodeo. They've been here before. They didn't get to winning three championships by panicking and crumbling when they got to this point in the playoffs. So um, like Luca is definitely going to be a handle to guard, but I definitely think if the Warriors go and put Clay Thompson guarding Luca, they should be able to keep him mostly in check. Um, and, you know, Steph Curry is Steph Curry. Like, I don't think there's anyone that's been proven to be able to guard him very effectively. So um, I would definitely have to give the edge to the Warriors. And it's I know that's definitely the reason why a lot of people are picking the Warriors to win this series fairly easily, just because I think they have a massive talent advantage at that guard spot. I don't know if you agree with me or not. Yeah, Zach, what do you think on this? Yeah, Connor's right pretty much in everything he said. Uh, the experience factor, I don't the only thing maybe like the who's better Luca or Steph that's I think that's up for debate but you know Clay is really really good um and they do they will have the home court advantage and they play good on the road as well uh so I the Warriors backcourt or frontcourt they they do really good yeah my, my only concern with the Warriors is Steph Curry has definitely been up and down this postseason so if he were to have some off nights, I could see that being a problem. But I do have to generally agree with you guys as well, just in the sense, though, that the thing about the Warriors, if one of them's having an off night, usually one of the other ones steps up like in the Warriors game six, whenever Memphis mm-hmm. like Steph was not good in that game at all. But Clay Thompson was just absolutely lighting it up. And sometimes Clay has games where he doesn't really you know, do too much, but then, you know, Steph Curry lights it up from three. So it's hard to stop everybody at once. Um, and I'm, I'm going to go, uh, next to, uh, the coaching matchup. I was intrigued by this just because you've got two former players, uh, you know, going at it, both, you know, won championships as players and 
Obviously, Steve Kerr's won championships as a coach as well. Um, I will ask. Uh, I'll ask you. I'll ask uh, Connor here what you think. But I'm gonna. For me, the coaching matchup, even though Steve Kerr has you know won championships, I mean, I he would have an edge there. But I'm gonna just. I'm gonna say the coaching matchup is more of a push. I'm gonna say it's pretty even. I really think what Jason Kidd has been able to do with this Mavericks team and getting them this far uh, has been pretty amazing. So I think I think these are both pretty good coaches, and I'm going to give it a push. But do you see an edge either way here in the coaching matchup, Connor? I mean, I think this again <clears> – <throat> sorry. I think this again just kind of goes back to experience and being here, like not just as a player but as a coach. And in my mind, that has to give at least a small edge to Steve Kerr. I mean, again, the Warriors – they won three championships, made it to four in a row, made it to five in a row, actually, uh, under Steve Kerr. And it's just, you know, it's hard to replace that kind of, you know, experience that you have coaching at the big level. Like, there's never going to be a point in this series, in my mind, where Steve Kerr gets outcoached. Like, you know, I don't necessarily think that Jason Kidd will get outcoached either. But if it's going to happen, it'll happen to where Steve Kerr outcoaches Jason Kidd. Um so that, in my mind, just has to give a, a small advantage to Steve Kirks. I mean, obviously, if you're looking at their accolades as players, you know, Jason Kidd was the far better player and was a much bigger contributor on uh, all the teams that he played on. But, you know, from a coaching standpoint, I'd have to give the edge to Steve Kerr. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, <laughs> I want to move up to the top left here now with uh... – potential X factors of the series. So like obviously the guards, like we talked about earlier, they're going to be the main focal points and everything, but you know, you got some of these like forwards and you know, bigger guys, and obviously they're going to have to play a part as well. So Zach, who like it can be between the Mavericks or the Warriors. It can be, you know, any of the four guys pictured. Uh, I've got uh, Dorian Finney Smith and Reggie Bullock for the Mavericks and Andrew Wiggins and Draymond Green for the Warriors. But um, but who, like, non-guard-wise, would you consider to be the biggest X factor in this series for either team? All right. Well, for the Warriors, I don't even know if Draymond would be considered an X factor because he's, you know, a proven guy. But I will pick him just because he's got an X factor in multiple ways, like, in how good he can be as a facilitator, defensive guy, like, a leader, you know, heart and soul of the team sort of deal but also like i don't know what his flagrants and technical foul counts out but he's been ejected i think a few times already in the playoffs so you know that aspect to his game is next factor if the the mavericks can get under his skin or something we've seen definitely these refs you know they're not going to say it but he since he has a pretty lengthy track record of you know ejections and things He's on a tight leash, so if the if the Mavs do anything to get under his skin and he goes off, that losing him would be a big X factor in the series. Um, for the Mavs, I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick Davis Bertans. Um, he's a guy who, and honestly, it's the biggest X factor for the Mavs is three point shooting. They're they're a live and die by the three type of team. So if Luca, if the Warriors sell out on Luca, like they do everything to stop him, it's really going to just be everybody else on the Mavs, like uh, DFS, um, 
Bullock, uh, Bertans, all those guys, it's it's going to come down to their three-point shooting for them to have a chance, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, you see sometimes these teams with the live by the three, die by the three, it can make a difference. I mean, some of these games where Dallas beat the Suns where in the previous round where they were just on fire from three, that's literally the reason why they won the game. So it'll be interesting to see what they do and to see what uh, Golden State's strategy is going to be to stop Luka. Like, how who are the Mavericks going to have guard who? Like, it's it's going to be an intriguing matchup. But I do definitely agree with you as well about Draymond in the sense that he's got to be careful because he had that ejection in game one versus Memphis and Memphis almost won that game. And if Memphis wins that game, then that goes to seven. And who knows if maybe Memphis on their home court takes that. So, you know, Draymond's got to be careful with that, but he seems to never do that. So, <laughs> yeah, who knows, who knows if he's actually going to keep his composure this time, but we'll see. So the final topic for this is going to be uh, our predictions, basically. But uh, I was just I was looking all over on Twitter you know, throughout the day today, and really, other than Mavericks fans, I and maybe some people that looked, I think they were really just trying to garner some attention to their Twitter pages for clickbait and stuff. Uh, Mavs pretty much, four. <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty much everybody I'm seeing is predicting the Warriors to win. These are just some uh, tweets on the screen here that I uh, screenshotted. It seems to be more split with the Heat and Celtics, which we're going to get to, but. I'm not really seeing anybody take the Mavericks here. So uh, I'll start with uh, Zach on this one. Just give us your series prediction, and do you think the Mavs have a chance? Yeah, I I don't think they have a chance. I will say Golden State in five. Um, I think, you know, if you'd have asked me the Maver- before the Sun series, like I would have said the Mavericks would have a way better chance against the Suns than they do against Golden State. Uh, Golden State, their biggest criticism is they haven't truly been tested. You know, they got the Nuggets in the first round with only Joker, no nobody else on his team. Then Jaw gets hurt in the second series. But uh, in my opinion, they're just too good of a team. And as good as Luka is, um, and it kind of reminds me a little bit, I wasn't, you know, watching basketball, but the 06 or 07 Cavs, that team that LeBron drugged to the finals with nobody on that Cavs roster. It was just him. It, it seems like that uh, sort of deal with the Mavericks. Like they really, they have good players, but they don't have any stars on their team other than Luka. Um, the Warriors just have way too many more. Um, so I'm going to say Golden State in five. Gotcha. How about you, Connor? I'll give Dallas a slightly more of a chance and say Warriors and six, but you know, I would be pretty surprised if the Warriors were to not win this series. I mean, they were the team that I picked from the Western conference to represent the, uh, to go to the finals when we made our initial predictions way back when. So I'm sticking with them. And yeah, I agree with Zach. Like it's a, a superstar surrounded by a lot of role players on the Mavericks. Whereas, you know, Steph and Clay are both superstars. And I mean, you know, Wiggins has really come into his own this year. And Draymond, you know, he's not an offensive kind of player, but he's one of the best defenders in the league. Like, there's just too much star power on the Warriors, in my opinion, for the Mavericks to have a chance. 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you, Connor, here, and I'm gonna go uh Warriors and six as well. So none of us taking the Mavericks. I'm not too surprised, but Zach and I earlier in the season had done a fantasy style draft on teams that we thought would uh be able to win the championship and golden state is the only team i have left so uh really need them to win this one (laughs) (laughs) all right so moving on to the eastern conference uh we have the heat and the celtics and the heat are zach's remaining team that he has left so i'm sure he's probably pulling for them but um got a couple storylines here with this one as well uh we're going to talk about zach's favorite player kyle lowry uh, so he's been having a injury that he's been dealing with, a lingering hamstring, I believe it was. And so he is doubtful for game one currently, but it looks like they're hoping to get him back at some point in the series. But so, Zach, I just want to go to you on this. Do you if Kyle Lowry misses at least game one in multiple games, do you think this is going to be a bad thing for the Heat or in your opinion, is it really not a big deal? It's really not a big deal, especially for the Heat's team. Like, they're the team most in the playoffs. You know, Golden State close behind them. That it's truly like a next man up, and the next man up performs. And that that's how it's been. They've had injuries throughout all the season. Um, they ended up as the one seed in the East. So they, they've had so many guys have multiple injuries and coming in and out the lineup. They've started so many different combinations of starting fives out there. Um, there's really honestly no player that, you know, Jimmy Butler would be bad for them to lose, but there's no one player where it's like, oh, he's not starting or he he's injured the heat are done for like, in my opinion, and Kyle Lowry's lower on the list anyways, of my best heat player. So. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. I, I do think to an extent they're going to miss him defensively uh, just to stop some of these you know, guards that Boston has, but yeah, I, I think they have enough offensively where they won't miss him too much, but time will tell with that. And then uh, next we're going to move on to Jimmy Butler. So Jimmy Butler has just been insane in the playoffs so far. He's easily been the heat's, the heat's best player. Um, So Connor, I want to ask you here. So we're just, we're going to pretend that you're, on the coaching staff for the Boston Celtics and you have to come up with a game plan to stop Jimmy Butler. So uh, what's your strategy? Uh, Who do you put on him or do you double team him a lot? Like, you know, if you, if you had to try to stop Jimmy Butler right now, what would you do? I mean, no pressure by the way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, I mean, definitely I would start out with, you know, agreeing that you need to double team him just because, you know, you're right. He has been super hot in the playoffs and, you know, it's one of those things that it's kind of been proven so far in the playoffs with how good he's been. It's kind of like with Giannis in a certain sense, like Giannis always gets double teamed. Like if you're not double teaming Giannis most of the time, then you're doing something wrong. Like, and he's going to destroy you. So it seems that's the way that Jimmy Butler has been playing so far is that he's just, you know, he, you, you have to put a guard him in some way. Now, ideally, in a perfect world, you know, I would want to keep my lineup the way it's, you know, in a normal sense. And that way, and have Jason Tatum be the one that's going to shut down Jimmy Butler. Just because, you know, you don't want to try and play with matchups too much most of the time. Especially when, you know, depending on who the other team has out there. Especially with the Heat, considering that it could be any combo of players, you know. 
you want to try and stick position on position, you know, have my three guard their three, you know, and hopefully in a perfect world to be Tatum. But in my mind, Marcus Smart definitely has to get in there somehow. I mean, he's the defensive player of the year for a reason. He's been one of the best defensive players in the league for quite a while now. And, you know, I know, you know, but Jimmy Butler's kind of more of a forward and Smart's more of a guard. But, you know, Butler is also kind of he's kind of like a hybrid player, like a guard forward hybrid. He can play either. So, you know, I think putting Marcus Smart on him more often would also be a big help. But in an ideal world, I would want to see how Tatum does first, because if I can have Tatum guard Jimmy Butler and that be, you know, the way it works. I mean, even if they somehow like, you know, end up canceling each other out because Butler is a really good defender, too. Um, you know, that that's fine in my mind, because I think the Celtics have a lot more people they can rely on to put up points. You know, if Tatum's getting canceled out by Butler, as long as he's also canceling out Butler, then I give the edge to the Celtics there. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, I would be just trying to throw multiple people on him at different points in time, like spare energy of the players and, you know, not especially with Jason Tatum. I don't think I would have him like always on Butler. I would want him to be able to also focus more offensively. But like you said, Boston does have a lot of good players that are capable of scoring at any time. And I like the double team strategy too. Some of the other players on Miami hat, like Tyler hero hasn't been playing too great so far this playoffs. And so, yeah, I, I would be in the strategy of make some, try to do everything you can to make someone else beat you. But, um, so we're going to move on to our predictions here for this series and uh zach i'll start with you um i know you're a big grant williams fan i know so i know you want the celtics to win in that regard but i also know you've been really high on the heat so i'm definitely curious as to who you're taking in this series here and why yeah so this is um yeah if you've been following my twitter feed you know during the game i like to tweet a lot but um i'm saying heat and five which to some is a bold pick uh, because the Celtics, you know, have all these stars and everything. But in my opinion, how it's going to turn out is Miami, one of the best home court teams in the NBA. I think they uh, win game one and two in Miami at home. And then game three, Boston wins at home. They steal, the Heat will steal game four and then defend. They're going to go three and oh in their home court and win the series in game five. Um, it, I, I think the games themselves will be close. I'm not, I don't think these are going to be like the 76ers games where they're blowouts and stuff, but um, I, it's, there's just, I, I hope Grant Williams does good. Um, he did a great job in the last series and he's starting to really emerge as a key player for the Celtics. Uh, but the Heat, they've been kind of the team all year that I've seen and, and really liked uh, their chances. So, sticking with them and until they prove me wrong they'll prove me wrong but uh going heat and five all right connor do you agree with zach's take here or are you going different i'm going different i'm gonna go with the boston celtics in six games and just because i just think they're the more well-rounded team like honestly i mean you know they kind of struggled at times against the bucks when maybe they shouldn't have just because you know uh, especially given that Chris Middleton wasn't playing. But in my opinion, the Bucks were the best team in the East, and it's unfortunate for them that Middleton got hurt because had he not gotten hurt, I think the Bucks would be in this spot instead. 
But, you know, that's the name of the game. The Celtics are the ones here. And, you know, they took out the best team, and I think they're the best team left in the East. Um, I think they're the more well-rounded offensive team, the more well-rounded defensive team. And it's just, I don't know, there's something about, like, I know Jimmy Butler's been hot, but there's just something about Jason Tatum that I've seen in the past few games that he's just like, you know, especially in that game six against the Bucks when the Bucks had a chance to close it out at home and the Celtics got out to that lead and the Bucks started to come back and they were like getting within a really close margin. And who was the one that got the Celtics back their big lead and won that game? It was Tatum. Like he's one of the been one of the most clutch players in this uh, in the playoffs so far. And I think he's going to continue with that. Like he seems to have, you know, for his sake, he used to be kind of like a Devin Booker like player where he would go off, you know, like, OK, I'm going to have 50 points in this one game. But then the next game I'm going to come out and, have, lay, you know, lay a goose egg and do really bad. He seems to have shaken that off a little bit um, and he's performed well all throughout the playoffs. And I just I just think the Celtics are deeper than the Heat are. I mean, even with their next man up mentality, it's just there's just been a lot of injuries and the Celtics have more star power. So I'm going Celtics in six. Yeah, and unfortunately for Zach, I'm going to agree with Connor here. I'm going to take the Celtics in seven. I mainly with the last point that Connor made there. I I just think the Celtics have more depth. Like I would say, uh, you know, Tatum and Butler are probably pretty equal, and then maybe like Bam Adebayo might be the next best player. But then after that, I think most of the next best players after that, you would say, are Celtics players. Um, I do think it's going to be insanely close, though. That's why I'm taking them in seven. As long as Boston manages to win one of the first two games in Miami, I think they will be fine. But yeah, it, it's definitely going to be an intense series. I think it's going to be more intense than the Western Conference Finals. Uh, obviously, I could be wrong. I've been wrong on the Mavericks the whole time so far <laughs> this playoff. <laughs> so may, maybe I'll be wrong again there. But uh, definitely good takes on this, guys. Uh, Definitely, definitely going to be a fun uh, conference finals for sure. So uh, before we end the show, got one more segment. I just happened to see. Uh, oh, wait, no, we don't. Sorry, I've got this other topic, too. Sorry, I didn't have my notes in front of me. <laughs> uh, so we're, we're going to talk about the 76ers as well before I get to that final topic. But the the Philadelphia 76ers, in my opinion, are just a mess right now. I I was pretty high on the 76ers. Uh, after they made the James Harden trade, just because I felt like with who James Harden had played with in the past, like the, with his last couple teams, like, you know, with Houston having Russ and Chris Paul as facilitators a lot of the time, and then, you know, with Brooklyn having Kyrie, I felt like Philadelphia was going to be a lot better of a fit for him where he could kind of play his more ball-dominant style and everything, but... Obviously, just like the Mavericks, I was wrong on that, too. And it's really been a disaster for the 76ers. Like, this is probably, I think we've talked about this before, but this is probably the first ever, like, maybe not the first ever, but the first in a long time where it was like a lose-lose trade for a team where, like, both teams got a quote-unquote superstar player in the trade. Uh, I think the trade's been a disaster for both teams, but... It's like the Westbrook and John Wall trade, like all over yeah, again. Yeah, that was a pretty bad. That was a pretty loose yeah. as well. Um, so it's just the 76ers are in a mess right now. But I'm going to start on the top left here, where 
uh, at least from the reports I'm hearing, uh, you'll see Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers up there. Uh, Daryl Morey has already stated that Doc Rivers is being retained as the coach. So I wanted to ask you guys if you think this is the right call. But in my opinion, I think it's the wrong call. I kind of think the Philadelphia 76ers need to do a hard reset on you know some of their like with their coaching and roster like I just kind of think they need a not like a complete blow up rebuild but I do think they need a bit of an overhaul and I just I've officially gotten to where I think Doc Rivers is a pretty overrated coach uh let's see I guess I asked Connor about coaching earlier so Zach I'll ask you uh do you agree with me on this or do you think retaining Doc Rivers was the right call I think it's the right call I don't think he's so much the problem as it is some of the players. Um, I I don't think he's the you know the best coach at all in the NBA, but he's not a slouch, and I think he brings a lot of good things to the team. He's only been there two or three years now, so it's it's not like the point where you know when when he left the Clippers, I don't know if he was fired or he left on his own, but you know that had to run its course. He'd gone through two essentially two two cores of players two super teams pretty much (laughs) yeah with the lob city era and then the Kawhi era so you know that that makes sense but with the 76ers still he's still in his first uh era here so i'm i'm cool with entertaining him gotcha gotcha and now we're going to talk about all of our favorite players on the podcast james harden so uh, man yeah so he's so he has a player option of, I believe it's like 47 million or something like that. And there's no way he's going to turn that down. So just like, course, bum, he'd be stupid to turn it down. Yeah. Some people are like, <laughs> well, maybe he'll turn it down so he can go to another team of his choice. No, he's not turning down $47 million. Like there's no way he'll get that on the open market. He's regressed so much. And, you know, especially with, you know, he's already been on so many teams now. Like it's like every year he's on a different team. Like he he's going to take the forty seven million. There's no way. But the talk though is that you know the seventy like there is a possibility that he gets extended. And I don't know. I mean, I'll I'll ask you. I just kind of we can go like one at a time, I guess, and answer real quick. But like, would you extend James Harden? And the answer for me is no. Connor, what about you? Absolutely not. Zach, not in a million years. Okay, or, yeah, a, bill, a, or a billion. Yeah, <laughs> okay, that's a really long time. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's just it's just interesting though because it's like the thing is is that you know the 76ers GM Daryl Morey like he was the GM of the Rockets when James Harden was there and you know for whatever reason he seems to really love him and so like. I kind of feel like there's a possibility that he will get extended. Obviously, if I was the 76ers GM, like we just agreed on, like there's no way I'm doing that. But I mean, I'm looking to trade him if possible, but I don't know if there's any trade contenders out there. I don't know if there's anybody that would really want him at this point, especially for that $47 million contract. But I don't know. So I'm going to, I'm going to go down to the final question here. We all agree that, James Harden should not get an extension, but if James Harden does get an extension, if you're Joel Embiid, would you ask for a trade? I'm going to say yes. Zach, what about you? That's a tough one. 
I, I'll say no, though. Okay, Connor, what about you? Break break the tie here. <laughs> I agree with. I agree. It's tough. Um, but if I'm Joel Embiid, I don't know. It's it just depends on how much they want to give James Harden. Which, unfortunately, in my mind, I'll just assume that it's a lot because you know how big James Harden's ego is. <clears throat> so if they do that, then in my mind, if I'm Joel Embiid, it's like okay. I've spent enough time here. I feel like I've they've wasted my I feel like the Sony Sixers have honestly wasted his talent in a lot of ways. So if they do extend Harden, I'm looking for a trade if I'm Joel Embiid. Yeah, I I agree with this 100% because for me it would become like if I was him, it would become like a him or me kind of thing. Like you know, yeah, if you, if you want to keep him, then I'm going to go. Like if you want to well, keep kind of like the kind of like the Bradley Beal thing in Washington where like it was like if you want to keep Westbrook, then I'm out. Yeah, so it, I I think that's just how it should be because it, to me it's just obvious that I'll be surprised if James Harden ever wins a championship. Like if he does, it's not going to be because he's the main player on the team or something. Like there, he's. It just seems to me like he's a locker room cancer, and I just would not want him around. Like it well, seems like there was tension already. Is Zachary about to say something? Yeah, well, it, there's two things I want to comment on the Harden situation. One, uh, I don't know if you heard what Embiid said about Harden. Eric, did you hear about that? Uh, after what the, I what I what I've heard was he said something about like we were expecting to get the um, like the Houston Rockets version of James Harden, and he hasn't been that or something like that. I, I might be a little. I might be yeah. a little context there. It's it's pretty much what you said, yeah. But like, I think he directly said like. He's not as good as he was in Houston. So that's like, that's a major sign. Like, whoa, you're like, you are still teammates with this guy, you know? Like, yeah, that's, that's like, know, that's straight up calling him out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and then um, the second thing, the, uh, I think age is a factor, but even bigger, the NBA changing their rule on the, um, not allowing the shooter to just, flail their body and make the a, defender yeah yeah changing that rule yeah. I, I really wish the NCAA would up. get rid of that too because it's like the dumbest rule in my mind like i could go on a rant about that rule yeah like. <laughs> but, but that that really i mean his free throw numbers have dropped because of that and that's that's hurt him more than anybody else in my opinion yeah i think he has failed to adapt his game and, and even before that rule change i mean that that was his whole offense, like drive in and flail the arms as he goes up for the shot and hope to get a foul or step back three. I mean, that that's that's basically his whole offense. That's the way it's been, you know, his or whole like, career. You get the you get the defender to, like, jump up in the air and then you jump up into them and draw a foul. Like, yeah, that, that, that that's ref baiting is the name of his game. I mean, and and that that's a style of play like nobody really wants to sit down and watch. I mean, but I don't know, like you can obviously tell because of you know this stuff affecting him like it's it's just really hurt him and you know i i get why philly did the trade initially because it was obvious ben simmons was never going to play for them again and they needed to do anything they could to get him out of town but simmons and his back soreness (laughs) yeah we we got to make at least one bum simmons reference per episode but so I don't know, like if I was Embiid, if, obviously I get that you know, Harden, they may have to keep him this next year because of the player option and everything. But if they sign him to a long term extension, if I'm Embiid, I'd be pretty upset. But 
All right, guys. So that's gonna that's gonna wrap up our main content here, our uh, our final segment. So we've been talking about you know Connor uh, recently uh, uploaded a episode with the second round of the NHL playoff talk. That was I listened to that earlier. A uh, very good job on that, by the way, Connor. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Connor. Uh, you know, not to brag about you know how good we are over here at Clutch Crew Sports, but uh, Connor successfully predicted every first round matchup in the NHL playoffs. So uh, I remember I watched uh, after Connor's video, I was working one day and I listened after Connor's video, this other guy's video came up in the related thing that made predictions. And he got the, uh, he got the Carolina Boston series wrong. He got the Florida Washington series wrong. And I think he got like one or two series wrong in the West as well. And this guy somehow had like 10,000 views, obviously a bum compared to Connor. So we're just going to go and say that. But And then obviously we've been talking about uh, NBA playoffs. So we've got a bracket thing going on here. So I'm going to pull up this last slide here. I just happened to see this on Twitter. Uh, and I don't agree with all of these choices on here, but this is a tournament uh, bracket of the best athlete names uh, so they're supposed to just be like athletes that have funny sounding names. So um, I don't want to like read them all individually. If you're not on YouTube, like you can go to YouTube and check it out and see the picture of the bracket. But um, so what I just wanted to do with you guys real quick, uh, just take a quick look at this. I didn't have the guys look at this beforehand. I wanted this to be a like kind of impromptu thing for them. But, you know, take a look at this. Let me know who you've got coming out of the left side of the bracket. Let me know who you got coming out of the right side of the bracket and then who you ultimately have uh, winning the bracket here for funniest or best athlete name. Uh, I'll do mine first since I've already looked at it. Um, for me, on the left side of the bracket, I'm pretty much straight chalk here for the most part, but I'm going uh, a final four of... Uh, Rusty Cunts versus Boof Bonzer. I kind of like those. <laughs> uh, with, with Rusty Cunts advancing to the... And hopefully, the, yeah, this is uh, this is clean. I'm not using the other word. <laughs> it's spelled with a K. Uh, there's a Z so, on the end. <laughs> yeah, there's a Z on the end, not an S. Okay, so I've got Rusty Cunts in the finals. And then on the right side of the bracket, um, I have a final four of... God Sham God versus Dick Trickle. Definitely not chalk on this side of the bracket. Uh, and I have the 10 seed Dick Trickle getting to the finals against the number one seed. But in the end, home court advantage takes over. I've got the number one seed Rusty Cunts taking the bracket here. Uh, that's who I've got for best athlete name. So, uh, Zach, I'll go over to you next. Like, Give us your final four and your champion now that you've had a minute to look this over. Uh, got here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these are uh, these are tough to decide. You know, more tough than the uh, NBA game. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go on the left side of the bracket. I'm gonna go the same as Eric. Actually, I'm gonna take Rusty Cunts. Um, looks like he's a uh, Kansas City Royals player or, or manager. manager or something. Something. <laughs> by the age, by the age, I'm guessing manager. He was, probably, then, he was um, probably a player at some point or something would be my guess. But regardless, yeah, he is affiliated with the Kansas City Royals, it looks like. <laughs> um, and then Boof, uh, Boof Bonzer, that, that's a winner right there. Um, another <laughs> baseball player with the uh, Texas, Texas Rangers. So they are in my final four, along with um, Gom Sham God. He has to, you know, the 11 seed pulling off the upset here, making the uh, – 
I guess it's just one to sixteen, anyways. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. God, Sham God uh, in the final four, and then I'm gonna go Velvet Milkman. Um, <laughs> oh, nice! <laughs> the 15 seed pulling it out. Yeah, yeah. The, there's some good ones in that side of the bracket, but Velvet Milkman, especially because I think that's a a woman too. So. And I'm gonna have Velvet Milkman and uh Rusty Cunts in the uh <laughs> in the uh in the final and then I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Velvet Milkman the uh the win. All right, Velvet Mil- right. Velvet Milkman, the fifteen seed pulling off the upset in Zach's bracket there. Yeah, this, this has been a lot of fun so far. So well, Connor, uh round this out here. Who's your final four in champion? Yeah, so my final four is going to look pretty similar to Eric's. I'm going to have Rusty Cunts versus Boof Bonzer. Those are definitely like, I think it's definitely, there's a lot, like uh, Zach said, there's a lot better names on the right side of this bracket. The left side, I think, yeah, is pretty, I agree cl- too. Like, pretty clear to me that it's Rusty Cunts and Boof Bonzer. Those are pretty good. Um, and on the right side, God, God, I even, <laughs> and Dick Trickle. Um, so I'm going to have a final of. Uh, Rusty Cunts versus Dick Trickle, same as Eric, but I'm gonna have a different result. And Dick Trickle is gonna get the win here. All right, all um, right. I, but definitely have to give a honorable mention to someone who's not in this bracket, and that would be B.J. Johnson, yes, NBA player. That's that's still definitely way up there for best name. Also, it also doesn't help with B.J. Johnson that in 2K, I think he's like a 69 overall. So that, <laughs> that that doesn't make it any better for him. I I do have to give my honorable mention on. Like this particular list, though, the hardest first round matchup for me was Dick Trickle versus Cannonball Titcomb. Uh, I was wondering if any of y'all would have him like that. Cannonball, like, honestly, if Dick Trickle wasn't in this, like, Cannonball Titcomb probably makes it to the finals for me. That, that's tough. But. Uh, see, see I, I probably would have that as my third best on that side. I think Dick Trickle, but I really like God Sham God. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, I know. I I don't get it. I'm trying to think of any other potential potential honorable mentions that didn't make the bracket. I was trying to think of some names in my head. Zach, did you have any honorary mentions by any chance here? No, I'm bad at thinking of this stuff on the fly. But yeah, it, 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 Cannonball Tick, like, is that guy from the <laughs> Civil War or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these are like, Right. Yeah, it does look like this picture was taken in like the 1800s. So that's (laughs) that's definitely a possibility. I don't even know what sport he played. I'd be a a baseball player if I had to guess. Definitely be curious about that. Maybe a golfer or something. I don't know. But uh, (laughs) I feel like I'm going to Google search this while you're while you're closing the episode. Yeah, Yeah, sure. Baseball. Yeah, um, I was like, I was like, I figure it has to be baseball because, like, born in eighteen eighty six or eighteen sixty six. Sorry. Oh wow! So he was born like right after the Civil War. So wow, yeah, <laughs> Zach, you weren't too far off on your uh, <laughs> guessing of his age there. Yeah, that's pretty awesome, man. Awesome guys. Well, this was a lot of fun. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the content. I figured it'd be fun to throw a little something miscellaneous and different here at the end. But, um, but yeah. With that being said, we're gonna in the episode here and uh be sure to subscribe to the channel if you're not already like connor's been pulling out a lot of content with the hockey zach's been talking a lot of nhl playoffs and now that i've got a computer now i've got some stuff i'm wanting to do so it's not just the you know weekly episodes on tuesday now like we're getting a lot of other content on the channel so 
Uh, definitely be sure to check it out. Hook us up with some likes for the algorithm and all that fun stuff. And uh, for me, with that being said, peace. Bye. Butch.